Good morning. My name is Alex, and I serve as lead pastor here at Courtright, and I want to add my word of welcome to what Allison said at the beginning of the service in the announcements. We're glad that you're worshiping with us today, and especially if you're visiting, we trust that you will feel at home among us as much as we can under these current circumstances. This morning, we are going to be turning in our Bibles to the gospel according to Mark. And I'd encourage you, if you've got one handy, to open up an actual physical Bible. There will be no slides this morning, so uh, when I refer to verses, uh, you will need to look in your Bible or on your device at the Bible uh, to keep up with that. Um, And, of course, there's also uh, a benefit to having a physical Bible uh, because you can uh, see what comes before and what comes after. There's... um, an advantage in that regard too. So let's pray before we read from God's word. Dear God, may the words of my mouth as I preach and the meditations of all of our hearts, our our thoughts and the, the way that we're paying attention to you in this worship service uh, and listening for your word, I pray that these things together would be acceptable and even pleasing to you, you who are our rock and our redeemer. Holy Spirit, would you come among us this morning, though we are separate, would you come among us uh, beyond physical distance and beyond time even, for those who are watching this later, and bring us together um, and point us to Jesus as your church. Amen. So we're reading Mark 10, verses 46 to 52. Then they came to Jericho. As Jesus and his disciples, together with a large crowd, were leaving the city, a blind man, Bartimaeus, which means son of Timaeus, was sitting by the roadside begging. When he heard that it was Jesus of Nazareth, he began to shout, Jesus, son of David, have mercy on me. Many rebuked him and told him, Be quiet! But he shouted all the more, Son of David, have mercy on me! Jesus stopped and said, Call him. So they called to the blind man, Hey, cheer up! On your feet! He's calling you! Throwing his cloak aside, he jumped to his feet and came to Jesus. What do you want me to do for you? Jesus asked him. The blind man said, Rabbi, I want to see. Go, said Jesus, your faith has healed you. Immediately, he received his sight and followed Jesus along the road. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Do you know anyone famous? Or maybe you've encountered a celebrity at some point in your life. Just even in passing. Not too long after we moved to Guelph, I saw in the news that my old friend Samantha Nutt was coming to town to give a lecture. I knew Sam in high school. Actually, uh, we went to the formal together, and I had watched as she went on to found an organization called War Child. She became a doctor and an author, and uh, I'd read about her in the paper, and I would say that among all the people I know, she's probably the most famous, uh, or at least somewhat famous. 
Anyway, I thought on this occasion I would have a chance to catch up with her and, and also to contribute to local journalism by interviewing her for the Guelph Mercury. Remember when we had a good local newspaper in Guelph? It's just over five years ago since that ended. That was a sad day. So I arranged to interview Sam and after we'd done the interview and had caught up a little bit more personally, I accompanied her to the lecture hall. And as soon as we got there, this crowd of people descended upon her and surrounded her. And she looked back at me with a wave and a shrug as if to say, this is how it goes now. It's, it's nothing I can control. I'm sure you have your own story of knowing someone famous or, or maybe encountering or seeing someone famous. Our reading today describes a meeting like that between a famous person who was being followed around by a crowd and someone relatively unknown. This story is an invitation to seek Jesus, to ask him for what we need or want, and to trust him in that and generally. And to do all of that because he listens, because he cares, and because as the Son of God, he can change us like no one else can. Let's start by observing the scene here. It's noisy, it's crowded, it's busy. There's a lot going on. Jesus was well known by this time, and wherever he went, crowds of people showed up expecting something extraordinary. Jesus approached Jericho, and all these people were around him. And yet someone causes all of that hectic activity to come to a standstill. A blind man by the name of Bartimaeus. The first thing we notice about Bartimaeus is that he is seeking. He's not sitting still. Sure, he's sitting to start with, but he doesn't sit quietly, that's for sure. He literally shouts out twice. He knows what he wants and he goes after it. He goes after Jesus. Bartimaeus is active, not passive here. He doesn't expect Jesus to be a mind reader or a magician. He calls out to Jesus. He reaches out for him. Bartimaeus realizes that he has a role to play in his healing. He participates. Secondly, he's specific. In verse 51, Bartimaeus answers Jesus directly. I want to see, he tells him. I think sometimes we get stuck in generalities when we pray. We neglect to ask God for specific things, maybe because we're afraid of the unknown or, or we're afraid of being disappointed. But we would do well to take our cue from Bartimaeus and to be more specific in our prayers. After the service today, uh, as you've heard already, it's a healing service, and, and you will have an opportunity to meet with prayer ministers and to ask them to pray for you. If, if you take that opportunity, I would encourage you to be specific about what you want from God whether it's healing or some other request. We need to have greater expectations in our relationship with the Lord because we're generally, I think, pretty cynical about our lives. And we often don't have much faith that things can change. When you ask someone to pray for you, whether today with our prayer ministers or with a friend or in an email you could send to me or to any other member of staff here at Courtright, you are doing that active thing that we see Bartimaeus doing here. You're expecting Jesus to come into your life and to make a difference. Do you want a new job? Do you want healing in your relationship with someone? 
Do you want your physical health to improve? Do you want God to intervene in that way for you with some health challenge you're facing? Do you, do you want something in your life to grow or expand, uh, like your business or your success in your studies or your influence or your sense of calling? Then ask for it specifically. Let the prayer ministers know and they will pray for it. If it's something confidential, you don't need to, need to name it out loud. You can just have it in your head. Our prayer ministers understand the importance of confidentiality and they, they always meet to pray with you in pairs. I hope we can become more comfortable individually and as a congregation asking specifically for certain things uh, from Jesus as the Spirit leads us. Over and over again, God is described by Jesus as his loving father. And, and as our loving parent too, God wants us to ask. He wants to know the desire of our hearts. He promises that he will answer our prayers. We've seen that over the last couple of Sundays in John 14 and John 15. But he doesn't say how or when. And yet there are times also when I think we don't know what to ask for even if we were prepared to be more specific. And especially that that may be true when it comes to emotional healing or healing in a relationship or when it's something to do with the future, ours or the future of someone we love. Most of us are not literally blind like Bartimaeus was, but we lack vision. Most of us can't see what's best for us. And we're not sure if what we want is God's will. And so we have a hard time being specific. We trust in a general sense that God has a plan for our lives. And we know that Jesus taught us to pray saying, your will be done, but we don't know what it is. And, and so we're not bold in asking. Now, if you find yourself in that situation, then I'd encourage you to ask the Holy Spirit to show you what to pray for. The Spirit will lead you from the desires in your heart and in your mind, he will lead you to something more particular. And, and when you get there, um, it will have been worth the asking and the waiting. So ask the Spirit and see what he does. Try him and wait on him. The third thing is that Bartimaeus is open to the outcome. He trusts Jesus. He doesn't know exactly what Jesus is going to do or when he'll do it. But Bartimaeus is open to the outcome and he leaves it up to Jesus. I'm a visual person like a lot of us and it really helps me to have a symbol or a picture for something. And, and so th this kind of, of uh, practicing this kind of openness to God became more tangible for me when someone suggested that uh, when I was receiving prayer or in a worship service that, that I, I opened my hands, literally, that, that I not stand there you know, with my arms crossed like we sometimes do, uh, but that I, I physically manifest my desire to be open with God by opening my hands. And, and you can do that in your own personal prayers as well. When it's just you alone with God, you can do it in, in a service as you're listening to the music. Uh, you can do it, uh, especially when there's a blessing, uh, the benediction at the end of a service. It's a symbol of openness to God, and it shows that we want to be more open to him, that we want to let go of, of the control that we, we seem to need in our lives and, and give that over to him, to, that we want to trust him more and seek him like Bartimaeus does. 
So with regard to our healing, a few questions then. Are we willing to seek Jesus? Are we willing to ask specifically? And are we willing to be open to the outcome? In order to answer those three questions honestly, I believe it's essential for us to look at Jesus again and again and as carefully as we can for us to be assured of who Jesus is, of of the character of God. First of all, Jesus is listening. Christ is aware of what you're going through. And here we see that Jesus' ears are sharp and attentive to the cry of Bartimaeus. It's not lost in the noise of that whole crowd. Look at verse 49. It says, Jesus stopped. Or another translation says, Jesus stood still. It seems a funny thing to mention as part of this story, but it's, it's full of God's concern, God's attention to us. And it reassures us in that way that he is prepared to stop everything for us. He stops for this blind man, this blind man begging, this this man that nobody else would have had a minute for. Jesus stops for him. And so Christ is listening to you. He's listening to all of us. Second, Jesus is personal. It's one thing to listen, right? It's another thing to really focus on someone. I don't know if you can relate to this, but I I remember back in the day when we, we used to have a chance to meet new people. Sometimes in that room over there, in the community room, over coffee after the service. And I'm an extrovert, so I love to do that. But I think for all of us, we've had the experience of meeting someone new and they tell you their name. And then 30 seconds later, you're like, oh my gosh, I can't remember this person's name. How did that happen? And you have to decide whether you're too embarrassed to ask again uh, or if you're prepared to do that. Maybe you've been on a Zoom call lately. That's more our experience during this pandemic. How much time and effort did you spend actively listening to the person who was speaking, using your body language to show that you were doing that by nodding and smiling? Or... Or were you checking your emails, your texts, or, or maybe checking the latest hockey statistics? How many goals Austin Matthews has scored? And he's scored quite a few, hasn't he? These things seem innocent enough. In those meetings, we're often in a, a large group. And, and isn't it just understandable our minds would drift a little, or we get bored, or we're expecting a message from someone or hoping somebody will message us. But it matters, and I think even more, it's an indication of a deeper problem we face. We are self-centered people. We are really caught up in ourselves. We struggle to give ourselves to others, to care about them. Martin Luther described sin, and it's still, I think, the best definition of sin I've ever heard, as man curved in on himself, that all of us are so preoccupied with ourselves. That's what we're attending to, ourselves, ourselves over and over and over. But Jesus is different. He goes beyond just listening. He pays attention. 
he really focuses on Bartimaeus and responds to his cry for help. And he's not distracted. He's not detached. It is really personal. Jesus is not removed from Bartimaeus' situation. The third thing is that Jesus is expectant. He wants to do something. He asks Bartimaeus, what do you want me to do for you? This question tells us so much about the interest, the real interest Jesus has in this man. He truly cares for him. He's not trying to dodge him or just grab a photo op moment with him. Instead, he asks an open-ended question, something they say you should never do if you want to make effective use of your time. Bartimaeus is not just another nameless, faceless person in the crowd to Jesus. He has asked the Son of God to have mercy on him. He has approached Jesus in faith. And so Jesus sees him as a child of God, precious, unique, gifted, alive, wonderful, and created in God's image to be loved and to love. And to be a son or a daughter is to come home, right? It's to belong. And so Jesus welcomes us into his presence and adopts us into his family. We often adore or idolize famous people. But the truth is that, that not many, you might even say, most of those people we so idolize and, and maybe even want to achieve that kind of fame for ourselves are not leading the happy lives we might imagine them to. They, they are lonely. They are struggling. They don't know who they can trust. People love them and adulate them for what they can get from them, rather for who they are. In his mercy, Jesus loves us for who we are for who he has made us to be. He knows us better than anyone. He knows us in our sin and our self-centeredness, and he still loves us. Thanks be to God for his amazing grace that we see in Jesus. Let's notice the crowd here one last time. Many of them rebuked Bartimaeus and told him to be quiet, but he keeps praying. He keeps crying out for help. Eventually, the crowd offers some almost reluctant encouragement. Strangely, they say, cheer up. But basically, Bartimaeus comes to Jesus alone. You don't need to come to Christ alone. Maybe the one specific prayer request you could have today is, Lord, lead me to someone who will pray for me. Lead me to someone who will listen and who will be a friend who will encourage me. Lead me to someone who reflects the love of Jesus to me. And then move me to be like Bartimaeus, to refuse to sit in my own circumstances complaining, but rather to jump up, to throw my cloak aside, and to come to Jesus. This story is an invitation for us to seek Christ, to ask him, and to trust him. Because he listens to us, because he cares like no one else does, and because he promises us transformation like no one else ever could. And he will change and heal us according to his will. As a response to God's word this morning, let's take a moment now in silence to seek him, to ask specifically what's on our hearts, and to be open to the outcome. Perhaps you'll be comfortable wherever you're sitting or standing, opening your hands in this moment of silence.
Let's ask the Holy Spirit to speak to us now. Let us pray. Lord, in your mercy, hear our prayers. Amen.